Welcome back to the shit show that is Murder Moose. We are here. It is Ken and I. Josh continues his sabbatical. He has become a, a, a monk in the Himalayas now. He um, is practicing sobriety and uh, meditation. And candle making. Utilizing From... buttholes as molds. Okay. So I'm sitting in Ken's chat this morning. And I get distracted by work and I come back and her chat is discussing, and I've heard this before, but does not directed at me like specifically that a human rectum could fit four grown adult raccoons in it, in, in it. And Ken's chat Which, is, by the way, I still say that's not true, but carry yeah, I, on. I don't agree either, but, and they're describing how, talking about me fitting raccoons up my ass and i'm just like what? <laughs> <Weren't even there. laughs> i wasn't even there and i'm like that was the best part. i don't even know how we got on the subject but i was like if anyone's ass is getting stretched today it's rods and they're yeah. like yeah rod's ass gets stretched all the time and then it just went downhill really fast I, so I, I figured you know I figured we had that, many conversations about Rod's asshole today. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot of conversations about my rectum. <laughs> but we are Murder Moose, and we are part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. It's in the game. There you go, Ken. Um, so I was going to say something, and then I have lost my goddamn mind. Uh, I watched the last of Letterkenny over the weekend, and... It, mm -hmm. it kind of made me sad because no more leather, Kenny. Um, but I only watched like a few episodes of the very beginning, and then I never really picked it back up. But maybe I'll have to do that at some point. It's entertaining, and I just now I just make fun of Pat and tell him that that's where he lives. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and let's see. I think I mean we got annihilated with snow on Saturday. And yeah, I, you were talking about that. How much snow did you get? It was like six inches or something. Like that. It was. A, I mean, maybe it was a little more. Than, I don't know. It was a lot of snow, and uh, that kind of killed my weekend plans. And I don't even know if I had any weekend plans. But you damn well better, or I'll start throwing hands at your weekend plans. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Pat was talking about that, like somewhere in Nova Scotia, they got like what, like eight feet of snow or something overnight, or some crazy shit. Yeah, nine. And I them, don't know centimeters to inches. So yeah, I, <laughs> nine of them got like a bunch of fucking snow in Reno too, and it was like they were like completely dumped in it like the the day after or whatever. So it was like. We got snow and then they got snow, which is weird because it's usually the other way around. But yeah, there was a lot of snow this weekend, and LA was getting annihilated with rain over the weekend. Yeah, like, that's moving. Like the UK is getting hit hard right now, and then we had snow last night. We had a couple inches, which I mean, here like it snowed, uh, and it, like. It snowed for a few days, and then it was too cold to snow, and then it got a little bit warmer, and then it melted a bunch of the snow, and then it snowed a few inches. So it's just mush outside. Mushy, mush, mush. It's just mush. That was like growing up in Ohio, where like after like during the winter, like you just don't get sun because Ohio doesn't get sun anyways, and so you get snow, and it's just like it was like mall parking lots filled with that dirty, dirty snow piles that just yeah. like sit, sits there for three months, you know. 
Uh. Yeah, I went for a walk through the town the other day, and like one half of the road was like giant mud puddles and like just muck, and then the other half of the road was still frozen, but it was frozen to a point that it didn't have like any snow on top to give you any kind of traction so it was just ice and you were like well i guess i walked down the middle of the road like i don't <laughs> where do i walk now uh hey that yeah that just seems like that's how you get that's how you get murder killed that is how eh. you get murder killed it's a tiny town by our there's killer. more traffic going up to my parents house on the mountain than there is here yeah but your parents don't have moose murdering. That's true. Food. I've only seen one, but I did see one. So. Did you ride it and be like, you are my brethren. You are a murder moose. Wee! I did not. It was quite a distance away, but apparently it was like a little one. And uh, like I've been learning about like how they... Like they they stay with their mother till they're about a year, and then the mother fucks off, and they just kind of are left to their own defenses, and like they live in like these little patches of the particular types of trees that they eat. I let's, let's be interesting. Let's be honest. After they're about a year old, I'm assuming not much can fuck with them, or nor wants to fuck with them. Like I would I, agree with you. I moose like their whole like thing is is that they're. They're like dinosaur mammals, so like they keep like the mother's like you go fuck off and deal with yourself because not nothing's gonna fuck with you. And then they start chasing chasing grizzly bears around as that video was going around in the internet a couple of, like years ago. But yeah, I I don't think it's being a moose is that after you hit a certain age size thing, you're probably pretty chill. You probably yeah. your problem is other moose if you're like a male moose like looking for competitors like and you don't need instructions of that you just like fight other moose exactly exactly um you know it was funny because there's uh my friend's father always finds this one tiktoker like really funny because she she had moved to canada from the uk so she's always like showing different things that she's learned that's different and like how her life has changed since she's moved from canada or to canada from the uk and she was, like, you know, talking about, like, weather differences. Like, you open the door in the UK, you know, you open the door in Canada. And, like, they're always, like, positive, right? Yeah. But then she gets to you – or no, no. It's how she reacted when she moved to Canada from the UK. And so it's, like, the first one's, like, you know, she opens the door. And, oh, my God, it's so fucking cold. Then she opens the door. And she's, like, yeah, you know, it's not too bad. And, like, you know, just different shit like that. Well, then she gets to one where she opens a door and there's a moose and she immediately shuts the door and she's like, no. And she's like, after living in Canada for five years, she opens the door. There's a moose. She shuts the door. No. <laughs> the, there's a uh, YouTuber I found that, like, I think I was just chatting. Like, I occasionally do these just chatting streams. And I found this British dude just going down, like, he was, like, he had been in, like, America for like five years or something like that when he started this channel and he just does these videos comparing them and it's the same kind of thing and it's more like it's kind of amusing but it's kind of informative too you know what I mean so I get I get what you mean with that so that's it, it's an interesting perspective on like how different the world is but the same time the same you know yeah that's what um that's some of the stuff that she talks about you know like especially costs and stuff like it's it's very different like you know she takes her dogs to the vet in the uk she's paying four hundred dollars she took them to the vet where she lives now it was like 150 and she was like it's 
so wild. And she was like, it's just wild. And it's really, really pretty out here. And it was funny because, like, I've been sitting here for the last few days or, like, you know, the last week or whatever and being like, man, I really miss the mall. Like, I just want to go to the mall. And so I'm, like, looking up where the closest mall is. And I'm like, oh, that's an hour and a half. And I was like, wait a second. When I'm at home, I drive to Knoxville all the time. And that's, like, an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. Easy. Just to get there. And I was like, why is this different? (laughs) it was funny. It's not, it's unfamiliarity, right, too. Like, that's part of the thing. It's like, if you don't yeah. go go somewhere or do something all the time, it's just like, that's a big difference, man. It's like, like, looking through all the dating apps over the last, you know, few months and, like, going, you're a half an hour away or you're 40 minutes. 40 starts being like, you're like, Argh. and so it's like, yeah, it's, it's all that thing. It's like, distance is, pers- like, you know. It's not the same for everyone also, and it matters where you are, right? Like, because you could be 15 right. miles away and be a half an hour away or 15 miles away and 45 minutes away because of, you know, whatever. So Traffic or whatever, yeah. Well, and that's, I think also, like, here because everything's flat, it's really cool to me because, like, where I live, it's, like, very hilly and there's all kinds of shit everywhere. And, like, yeah, you can kind of use those as landmarks, but it's just it's just the same shit all the time. Here it's super flat, but even though there's not a lot out here, there's new shit to see every time. And it's really cool. So, yeah. like... So, I'm the exact opposite. I grew up in flat Ohio. Mm-hmm. Nothing anywhere besides, like, Lake Erie and fucking cornfields and shit. And then moving to Colorado, you're like... Oh, I, I have this, like, giant monument that is, this is west. So you always know. And I am directly challenged as fuck. So it's like, yeah, that that helps. That helps. Yeah, there's, like, uh, there's some towns that I've, that, like, I've been by and stuff. And they've got, like, a really big building in town that's, like, bright fucking, you know, colors. And so they're like, yeah, whenever you're trying to get there, all you do is you look for that building. And you can see it, like forever away and you're like oh that's really neat but that's that's such a smaller scale activity like it's like going oh i'm like like three blocks away and you can see that building but then the rocky mountains you're like oh i'm like you know you you stop seeing the rocky mountains like a thousand miles away from the mountains and you're like oh yeah see they're so pretty but man i would say i being back in that 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 dating world, I'm just like, dude. There's women on these apps, and I, I guess it it sounds like it's kind of similar for men, like the other way around. But they're like, yeah, all I do ski every weekend, ski every weekend, mountain, 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 ski, ski, ski. And it's just like Jesus Christ. One, the so there's a a single highway that goes into the the mountains, like that, like where all the ski resorts shit are, and so. You go and you come back at the, at the same time as all these people, and it's like L.A. where you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna sit in this fucking car for the next three and a half hours." Fuck that. Yeah, no, thank you. And yeah. plus, like, skiing and stuff is expensive. Like, even if you own your own stuff, like, well, I mean, I guess if you own your own stuff and then you have like a pass or whatever, but still, like, it's expensive. Passes are expensive as shit. Yeah. And shit. It's wild. It's like, it's like, man, and that's been my problem. That shit is just like, just my like kryptonite. Nope, not gonna spend that kind of money. 
Nope. <laughs> nope. I wanted to learn how to snowboard growing up, but um, my parents wouldn't let me because they thought it was too dangerous. So they let me go skiing with my aunt and uncle and cousins one time. And I was so bad at it that the ski patrol, when I was at the top of one of the lifts, was like, excuse me, are you under the influence of any type of alcohol <laughs> or drugs? And I was like, no. And they were like, okay, well, you seem to be really struggling. And I was like, all I did was fall off this bench trying to put my ski on. Okay, like, please. This is as bad for me as it is for you. Like, it's so, okay. All that reminds me of, at one time I was in a parking garage in Denver, and Siri or whatever told me to go left and I it was a one-way street and I went the wrong way on a one-way street got pulled over by a cop who proceeded to give me a like are you drunk test which I supposedly failed when completely 100% sober and <laughs> and this is the thing where he tried to tell me I failed and then he goes he goes you like I was there at the time with my wife and she goes, he goes, you have to drive home. And, and I'm like, if I actually failed, I would be in handcuffs pulled in the back of your car. You motherfucker. <laughs> but like, I think he felt stupid or something. I, I don't know what exactly was going through Popo's mind, but I'm like, I love it. Mm. 10 out of 10. Yep. Way okay. To go. So before we dive into this trip-tacular, spectacular adventure, kid, what have you been watching so we could go over and, and dive into uh, Mandy? I watched a couple episodes of Bob's Burgers yesterday. Um, I've just been reading. I've been reading a lot. Um, and like watching TikTok. Like that's pretty much all I've been doing. I'm working through the, I'm on the second book of the Court of Thorns and Roses franchise. Um, so I'm on Winds and Fury, I guess, or Mists and Fury. I don't remember, but it's the second one. I'm almost through with it. It's really good. So I've just been like sitting and reading and eating and reading and eating <laughs> and is, taking a bath. And <laughs> is reading. this smutty fantasy or is it just fantasy? I, I didn't think it was smutty, but there's definitely some smut in it. <laughs> like the first one, it's in there and you're like, oh, like it's just kind of out of the blue. And you're like, oh, OK. And the second one, it's like, bam, cock. And you're like, oh, it's so funny because like I think that TikTok and like TikTok and Instagram and all these stuff and probably uh, what was the one before TikTok that was like six? Fine. Fine. Yeah. I don't think men completely understood what was happening with horny fantasy before that stuff. Like, I think, like, those Vine and TikTok and stuff, like, opened the eyes to, like, you just sit there, what did the centaur, where, where did the centaur come? What? 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 There's a woman on TikTok that she'll, like, read different lines from smutty books, and she'll, like make faces or like make comments and sometimes she has a water bottle and every like at least once a video she picks it up and she goes no and like sprays it (laughs) Um, but like some of the shit they say is wild now this one the thing that bothers me about these like there's a few little things here and there that bother me but i'm taking them as fun and i'm not taking them too seriously but like she's always hissing at him like they use the terminology hiss and like um bare teeth and stuff not like during sexual moments just in general and so i was talking to a friend and i was like so she's just walking around the whole time being like 
And I was like, that seems very unproductive or counterproductive and not very beneficial. And then like when you're burying your teeth or whatever, just being like, <laughs> like that's all I can picture. And it, it's weird. Yeah. Just I, walking around hissing. It's funny because I feel like, I feel like before the internet, especially like it was this weird like world thing where like, Men got the fucking reputation for just being horny, like, all the time. Because, you know, men are obviously horny. But then you sit there and you go, these books have been around forever. Women just hide it better. And then, like, when the internet came out, there was enough women that were like, this is insane. And they, you know, go do TikToks and shit of that. And then everyone, you know, it's like. But then I mean, the problem is, is then people know, like, that that's what you're reading. It's like, um... When, you know, when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, people were reading it in, like, subways and stuff. And they were like, oh, oh, you're, like, literally watching porn right now. Okay, like. And then for me, like, I was so excited for the second book. So I posted about it on Twitter. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Almost immediately regretted posting it because the first scene is she's like, and then I saw his thickness. And I was like, all right. Like, I guess. And it just kept on and on. And I was like, you know, dude, I'm not a prude. And like teenage me would have probably been all over this. But part of me is like, okay, like say you fucked and moved on. Like, I don't need to know about when he slid his finger in you and he felt the dampness. Like, don't care. <laughs> I read that line today. That was, really, well, that was a good You point. know what's funny is when you start in a world that twilight is your starting point. You, you go twilight, regardless of what you have, uh, like, think of those books and those movies, they're not exactly like highest tier quality of literature. And well, they, no, but they're written for, for young teens. Like they're written yeah. for like 12, 13, 14 year olds. But then you take a minute, uh, like horny housewife. Mm-hmm. Who takes that and makes fan fiction of it, and you have Fifty Shades mm-hmm. of Grey? It's like I'm not. Let's say let's let's just put it this way. The inc- the equality that we're working towards means that when women write things like Fifty Shades of Grey, I don't know if it helps the equality in the move to it because. That shit is fucking toxic. And if you go into those books and movies and shit and go, this isn't toxic, you're not you're not analyzing the situation correctly. Because yeah. the whole point of Fifty Shades of Grey, and I've watched all the movies. I've not read the books. I'm not in that fucking world. But that this guy is a piece of shit, and because he's a fucking billionaire, it's all right. It's it sends a weird message, right? Yeah. Well, and that's that's my issue with with these books like um, Jessica's and I have talked about it on stream a few times where like one of the main male characters literally is discussing how he used her for something. And you're like, why are you? What? Like, huh? And then the other one is using her and it's just a, an entire game where she's just a, a piece that's being moved around. And I'm like, why? What? Like, they openly said... Okay. It, it's that world where, like... 
sexual fantasies specific. I mean, fantasies in general, but sexual fantasies in like particular. Like you go into things where you go, what makes my downstairs region feel good? Isn't exactly what you want to do in normal everyday life. So it's that weird like, and I think right. that I think that that like the extremes of that happen way more with women than men. Because men are, like, men, I feel like men are way more simple with that shit. But, I don't know. Let's Yeah, no, that makes sense. Let's dive, though, Ken. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, did you watch anything else before we dive into uh, Mandy? Uh, No, there's a bunch of stuff I want to check out, though. I've been linking you stuff or, like, tagging yeah. you on stuff on TikTok. But uh, there's a bunch of, like, really great stuff out. So, I definitely want to check it out. I want to check out Lisa Frankenstein at some point. Is that out yet? I know that's... I guess, because Josh was reviewing it. Uh, not our Josh, but yeah. a different Josh. Yeah. But he gets early screeners sometimes, so maybe not, but... Yeah, that's one of those first, like, kind of, like... I mean, horror comedy, yes. So if you're doing horror comedy well, I'm good with it, so... Okay. Okay, yes, we are talking about Mandy from... God, I will say... I thought Mandy was older than it was. It, Mandy came out in 2018. And mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there going, 2018 still feels like it was like two or three years ago. And no, 2018 was, you know, six years ago at this point. Um, but this movie, regardless of how badly Ken shits on it in the next couple of like, you know, minutes, was the first movie that kind of like was. Nicholas Cage's so Nicholas Cage had like that arc of like you know leading man shit from the late 90s to the early 2000s that went really really badly after a while and then he got the IRS came after him and for like buying 20 million dollar like dinosaur skulls and shit like that <laughs> and that was Nicholas Cage's like like he got into this like Almost ten years. I might. It might have been ten years. He had a ten year span. Let's say ten years span, where he was just. He took every single role that got offered to him. And Mandy is kind of that like first movie that got him attention for like, not being terrible and being in terrible movies for a really like like it had been a long time that since he was in a good movie. So like Mandy was a, like, Mandy is a film might not have hit like the masses but mandy like for nicholas cage was that thing that i think that started giving him a little bit of like credit again and i remember this coming out in one of the few movies i've actually rented on like vod because it had gotten so much you know attention when it was out um and Ken Ken hated it and says it was the worst movie ever made and she wants No, to- I, I didn't say it was the worst movie ever made now <laughs> calm calm your tits there buckaroo I I think after talking to Ken about it for the first time, she goes, I think I was supposed to be high when I was... Yeah, I do. I think that had I been high, I would have really enjoyed it. But I don't know if I should have been stoned or if I should have been, like, dropping acid or maybe hitting up some molly. Like, I don't know, but something, something was needed. I I don't... <laughs> think you want to take the uh the bdsm lsd that was in this movie but like no i don't (laughs) think so i also don't want to be stung by a giant 
bee scorpion thing. Nope. Uh, Dude, they're fucking pupils. Anyway, do you want to give the description and then and then we can n- talk about budget and then go from there? Yeah, let me look it up on my phone real quick. Oh, wait, quick I'll, I'll pull it up. I've got it. Um, okay, so, Mandy, the uh, uh, 2018 hit The Enchanted Lives of a Couple in a Secluded Forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their biker demon henchmen propel- propelling a man into a spiraling surreal rampage of vengeance. So, I will say about this film, and I, Ken, I almost, like, at some point would like you to go rewatch it, because I think that this movie, this movie hits you with things that just, like, the first time you watch it especially, you're like, what, I think I fell asleep through part of it when I paid to rent it, that's how wild this movie is, like, but, like, I was just, like, tired when I was watching it, this movie is out of control, but, um, Let's talk about your pupils, because you just pointed out, especially the Mandy pupils. Mandy's pupils in this Ooh. movie, I I was wondering about how much she was wearing contacts or if it was just visual effects, because you sit there and you watch them, you're like, uh, okay, before, go into budget first, because I'm like disregarding what we were talking about with that. Okay, so as far as the budget for Mandy goes, it was a $6 million budget. In box office, they only pulled in... 1.2 million uh, in domestic, international only about 25,000 or 25 back up, 250,000 uh, so worldwide being about 1.4 but then through DVD sales and Blu-ray sales not counting streaming purchases or anything like that, they pulled in an additional 4.3 so I mean they, they made up what they put in but I mean and I'm sure they've made a lot more now now that you know streaming and stuff but yeah it yeah. this movie got a lot of press like a lot of press because it was like Nicolas cage had that like you know whipping boy of the like the, you know press media for a long time because he's just been in so many bad movies mm-hmm. so many bad movies and this was like the one that people were like wow this is really this is like you might say you might not it might might not be your film, but it's like a right. well put together movie. It's super artistic. It's like we talked about like I mean we talked about Skin Rink is like this running joke in the show at this point, but like Skin Rink is like artistic, right? This movie is super artistic, but in a trippy way. It's very trippy the entire time, which is why like there are shots in this film that I'm still like, what? Specifically, like, when they overlay Mandy's face on the cult leader dude's, like, face. That scene, the first time I saw it, and this time, you're just like, I knew it was coming this time. But you're like, it's just like you're watching, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Because they're, like, overlaying them so much and the lighting and shit like that. And you're like, what? What was your thought watching the overlay face thing when she, like, they, they drug the shit out of Mandy and go from there? I'm not going to lie. During that scene, I don't remember it, so I may have zoned out at that point. But That was... Like, there are bits where, like, like I focused really hard, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is really interesting. Like, this is really good. And then once it got to a certain point, I was like, oh... 
and I don't even know where I went mentally, but I checked out for a while, and then I came back, and there was penis, and then I was like, oh, and I watched that bit, and then I like zoned out, and then there was chainsaw fight, and I was like, hell yes. <laughs> I don't remember how it ended. Okay, two things. One, <laughs> the old lady in this, do you remember where that woman was that in a movie that we watched? In the, which movie that we watched? Uh, she was she played Sally in in the the uh, Texas Chainsaw from twenty twenty one. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was the like the the modern Sally because that woman died a little while ago. Um, well, and then there was also the the one guy in the movie is one of Rob Zombie's guys. Yeah. Um, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but I mean, he's one like, of his boys. Well, dude, he's the one who, like, best part of 31, if you've never watched 31, like, yeah, the, I agree. Uh, he was like, uh, that guy, and he was the one who replaced, uh, the guy who died in the last, uh, Three from Hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? It's Richard something. It's a Richard Brake. Dude, I saw him from behind. That man is so distinct. And I like I don't think I knew who he was the first time I watched this movie. And like I'm like, is that the dude from like the Rob Zombie movies? And he turns around, yep. And that dude is so incredibly creepy every time he's on film. And if you've never seen 31, 31 is It's Rob Zombie where you the dialogue I keep saying this, Rob Zombie. Let somebody else write your scripts. Please, for the love of sweet baby Jesus, let somebody else write your scripts. But that opening of 31 is so wonderful. And you're just like, this dude's awesome. And he like kind of steals that movie. Um, and you just like, he's got this small part in here. And you're like, this dude's fuck. He's always so good because he's just like, you just like, you just like know the the scummy things that are going through this guy's head because he just looks so fucking scummy. Oh yeah, I forgot that he was in Barbarian. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the 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 guy who lived in the Father, basement. Or yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, he was the serial killer rapist who made the mother. Yeah, he Man, he's been doing movies since two or since 1993. Yeah. And he, wow. I, I wonder if he's looked creepy that, like that creepy the entire time. But yeah, he's he's a pretty creepy looking dude. Um, yeah, that 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 back scene, I, it's, it's one of the more memorable scenes of this movie. And this movie is filled with memorable scenes. Like Ken, I want your. Did you know about the Nicholas Cage goes into the bathroom and screams like a lunatic scene? I did not. Uh, so that was really great. Like that one I did, I was like, wait, what? Um, because it made me think of, cause I still haven't seen the movie with it, but there's a movie with, um, Daniel Radcliffe where he like loses his shit and he has like no clothes on except undies and he's like freaking out and like taking off and running around. And that's what I thought of, but like a darker, heavier, gorier version of it. Yeah. I, uh, it's just Nicolas Cage, like, I think that most of us can't, like, view acting like Nicolas Cage is acting. You listen to that guy talk about acting, and it's like he's speaking, like, another language. 
while speaking English. But like, the dude's got such passion for it that it's like, it's kind of like, you're like, oh, okay. Because that scene is like, it's so over the top, but like fits in perfectly to what that mo this movie is. And you're just like, oh, okay. Because like, I mean, the whole Mandy thing is, I mean, the premise is crazy cult man sees lady, wants lady, lady laughs at dick, gets burnt alive, man, husband gets revenge. I mean, that's the whole plot of this movie, right? It's not like a, a complicated thing. That... When she starts laughing at him, like she, he like pulls out his cock and he's just like, Rrr. it's like it's almost like Buffalo Bill's like, would you? It's like that got that Buffalo would Bill. Fuck me? <laughs> would you? I'd fuck me. But like, she, he, like between like his dick and his shitty song, that he wrote, she's like, she's like, did you write this about yourself? And just like starts cackling at him, and it's just like, it is. I love it so much because it's like, you know what's going to happen, but this bitch is just like, I don't care. You're fucking terrible. And here we are. And, <laughs> and now, now everyone's going to like, I mean, one, let's, a couple things. One, this movie uses weird color palettes, like, over like saturated like kind of stuff the whole film and like i think especially someone from like you and me ken who is as adhd as we are that's mm -hmm. kind of like it's kind of like distracting especially the first time it's like you were like i don't know you you don't expect it so it, it takes you out of like a little bit concentration two the opening the last scene in this movie still reminds me of uh the massive weight of uh, un or the unbearable weight of massive massive talent with him and Pedro Pascal like you know staring at each other in the car and just going that's <laughs> but it was him and like his dead wife or whatever at the end of this movie and you're just like what oh okay this movie is just batshit crazy um did you with all your research you said it cost five million or six million was it five million six million how long was this movie like to shoot? Because I did it say how. I do not look, but I can definitely find out. I'm just wondering because it 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 feels like they got a lot done in a pretty short period of time. Let's see. Do do do. I do not know. Oh, wait, production. Here we go. Um, nope. Because <laughs> it seems like it seems like they did a lot in like a, a pretty short amount of time. And like all, with how crazy this movie is, like there isn't all that much like. That probably took a lot to do, you know. I, I think that the chainsaw fight probably took a long time. Um, oh yeah, for sure. There's that. There's the uh, the whenever he gets into the to fights, it probably took a little bit longer. But like, it's a pretty small scale 
even though the scale is insane, like the whole time, but like it's a pretty small scale movie, but it's just like kind of like Nicolas Cage being. I one of the things I did forget was that like this movie does that thing. I did not realize that Elijah Wood was one of the producers, was the producer. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's been very attached to the indie horror scene, especially since like you know leaving Lord of the Rings, like. He did the Maniac remake, which is wild. Maybe we yeah, do that someday. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he yeah. did that, and he just started up a a company with the the, the guys who did Mondo, because Mondo got like bought out or whatever, which does like you know movie memorabilia and shit like that. They like they've done a lot of my crazy posters. I think it's from Specter Vision. Something like that, and they just announced yeah. that like last week or a couple of weeks ago. He's just like this is his shit, right? And he's gonna be in the he's in one of the villains in the uh, Toxic Avenger movie that's coming out, uh, starring Peter Dinklage. Yes. Um, he looks like the penguin in it. If you've seen uh, pictures of uh, mm. of him in it, um, but yeah, completely just does stuff weird, weird shit. And like, you watch his horror movies, and he's done a lot of them. I mean, we talked about Maniac, but he, like he does these weird indie like type horror movies like there was one like where his his dad like sends him a letter after like being out of his life for his like whole most of his life or whatever and he goes and meets this guy and hangs out with him and it's then he figures out it's not really his dad and like his dad's really locked in the basement and just like weird shit like that you're like what is elijah wood doing so like it doesn't surprise me and like this movie despite ken's feelings for it uh Got a lot of attention, like, when it came out, right? And, like, a lot of that, most of that has to do with what I was saying about, like, Nicolas Cage did shitty movies for, like, 10 years, and this was, like, the one of the first non-shitty movies he did for a while, right? Um, <coughs> um, yeah. So, Ken, I have to ask. I think that this movie might have been too much with the, the like, Was it too hard for you as ADHD 101 to concentrate on? Yes. Yes, we watched it in Discord. Um, and everybody in Discord basically had like the same thought. Well, some people really liked it a lot more um, because of the fact that it's kind of got that rock opera feel like embedded into it. There's a few people in the community that are like obsessed with it, especially from the music that's within it. Um, but yeah, like like I said, the ADHD was flowing. I was watching it, zoned out, came back, saw the eyeball smush, like the face smush, zoned out, came back. I mean, it's good, but it's definitely one that I'd have to rewatch a few times because, I mean, it's not Skidamarink. All right, it's nothing can live up to Skidamarink. <laughs> Skidamarink is just the best of the best. If if you know, that's God tier. Okay, so like. But no, I mean, in all actuality, it's not Skin of a Rink. Uh, I watched it. I just zoned out in certain places. It's And it's two hours. Yeah, it's that's, it's like a little bit under two hours, right? And I I think that this movie, and I, like I said, I when I bought it on VOD, like in 2018, I think I ended up like falling asleep for a couple minutes during it, like that first time. It's, I think that it, it might... It might be sensory overload for us ADHD people, right? Like honestly, probably. Yeah, I, I and I think going in and watching it this time, and I paused it a couple times. You know, like 
go to the bathroom or whatever. But like, I think that this movie might actually be too much for ADHD people, which is weird because it's it's changing a lot of stimuli. It's changing the visuals, like the the lighting, and then it, the sound effects are like like all over the place because it's like the drug induced like acts of it, like the and it's just like the first time you watch it is like. You have this demon bikers from hell, a cult, and you go, and then you realize, you find out in the movie that they're not really demon bikers from hell. They're this biker gang that like did really bad LSD and and are now like insane from it. Uh, you have a cult leader who, who when you laugh at his penis, he uh, he, he burns you alive. You have it's it's a lot in both visual and storytelling and all, it's all over the place. And I think in a really well, a good way, but like the thing about ADHD, as Ken will tell you, when you have it and don't know what to focus on, it's so draining. It's so draining. And this move, yep, yep. this movie is a lot with that. And like, it like overwhelms you and like, if you don't know what's happening or have like a comprehension of what or the plots going and all this stuff, I completely understand. Like I, I think that like, and it was one of these weeks or like where I'm like, oh, Josh would have been perfect for this episode because the visually, the, the I mean, yeah. the lighting and the visuals of this movie are fucking fantastic. It's it's, mm-hmm. and it's not just like how it's shot, but they they do cool overlays and cool like effects and that aren't over the top, but like aren't things you normally see. Right. Like the, the, I talked about it earlier, the Mandy's face over the serial killer while the, ser- the, the cult leader, while he's giving Jeremiah, while he's giving the speeches and everything like that. It's like really cool to look at, but it's like, you're like, and it's got that red tone the whole time and all that stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like a very simple plot. It's a revenge movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else is just, like, all over the place. And it's just, like, <laughs> I I will always love Nicolas Cage in his tiger, his, like, tiger, like, long sleeve, like, shirt. Just screaming like a maniac, pouring vodka all over himself. And then just chugging vodka and just going, <laughs> and just, yeah. It, also, I have to say, the casting in this movie is fucking amazing because Jeremiah... Jeremiah pulls off being creepy really well, but like his lackeys are mm-hmm. all fucking creepy as shit. Like especially the uh, the dude who goes out and plays the uh, <laughs> that's such a good yes. touch. The the ocarina, like the, the he plays like a stone ocarina. Uh huh. And you're like, I don't like. It, like I don't know. Did you do you get what they what he what was in that jar that they handed him when like he went out and met him? I assume it's some type of drug, but no. Then I thought it was somebody's heart, and it, then I was like, I don't know. It was the fat guy that remembered like the the fat guy that was like part of Jeremiah's cult. Like that, like the the older dude came in and was like, he can't like you know find his own dick in the mud or whatever. Like and just like oh yeah yeah, and so. They kill, and I think that was his fat. I'm not completely sure because they don't go into it, but like I'm pretty sure that was like, that's what that was, and and I think 
it's so funny that they have they said like this mystique that these guys are like demon demon things from hell and like then the the uh uh the dude what's his name clark uh the old black guy tells him like mm-hmm. tells nicholas cage that they they were the like uh they did they did the really bad lsd and that they're like crazy now uh and then you like after they capture him and the, he just wakes up and then one guy is like watching porn <laughs> just like watching the guy get like banging that chick d- doggy style for like one one i'm like i guess they don't show any penetration but two they're just watching porn yep that's just i never understood that whole like guys that just sit around and watch porn together thing like that's always been really weird like dude i did it when i was like in you know in middle school and because you're like like scattering porn and you're like porn it's a like it's that precious resource you can do it because like back then it was like before the internet was like really going and you're like okay we'll sit here and watch porn together just but now i I get but this movie was in like what 83 so the year rod was born oh Little baby Rod, you could have been part of the porn. I could oh, I could finish that up because otherwise that would have been really wrong. So I uh, needed to include the semen part. Uh, uh, okay. I have, t- I have two questions, Ken. And one. Okay. We're going to ask these questions in this order. One. What, like, what do you think offset you? Like, watching this fit. Like, what messed with Ken? I think, like, as far as, like, what detracted from my experience. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I mean, like, what was the thing that had gave you a hard time, like, connecting with Mandy as it was going along? There was, like, a little bit of, uh, like, the dialogue was kind of super intermittent. It felt like in certain parts it was like multiple different movies being split up, but at the same time, one movie. Um, it was very, and I know that it it probably was not intended to be this way, but there were moments that it felt extremely pretentious. But I know that that may just be me projecting. To be completely honest, um, it there were definitely some creepy elements. There was definitely some creep factory factory factor but it um and like yeah like the gore and everything was great the colors there's a lot of colors a lot of colors a lot of like i don't i couldn't even tell you the music that was playing because i was so like distracted by the colors and i've got like i said i've got a friend who's very into it and talks about the music obsessively and i'm like dude i don't even remember the opening song like i don't remember any of it i nope I think that it's, like I said, I think it's, like, uh, stimulation overload for, like, people. If you have that, like, any kind of spectrum with that. Um, Okay, two. Mm -hmm. Would you consider watching this film again? And maybe, like, even in increments or whatever. Because I honestly think you watching this by yourself, like, not with, like, your community... Where you could get up and pause it and, like, walk away for a couple minutes and, like, you know, go to the bathroom or get a drink or get a snack or something like that would do you a world of, of like, good. Not to mention, like, it gives you that ability to kind of, like, absorb things again, let alone, like, 
you kind of know where things are going. Yeah, I'd do it. I would absolutely watch it again. Like, yeah. I would definitely give it another shot. I think, um, yeah, I think that I was just really distracted. Um, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't people in Discord that were distracting me. It was, I just literally zoned the fuck out. Like, mm. I remember watching it and then staring at the curtains for a while and then coming back and, like, 15 minutes had passed. And I was like, I don't know what's going on at all. Yeah. yeah. It's, man, I... I it, it made me kind of sad because we watched this and then, like, the, uh, Carl Weathers just died. And Carl Weathers obviously was in uh, uh, Predator with Duke, uh, the old black guy in this film. Um, and Carl Weathers, I mean, Predator is one of my favorite, like, you know, sci-fi movies of all time. But, like, um, this movie is just, like, I, I don't think pretentious is the right word. I think this movie is... It try, now it's debatable like how far this or how much this combo. It tries to be like it's kind of like what they talk about in Scream like Seven, right? It's elevated horror, and this I feel like this movie might have had a lot to do with like kind of kickstarting that whole movement because this is twenty eighteen, right? And that was the same year, yeah. year um, uh, Hereditary came out, right? So this movie is very much like in that same like. Like, I think it kind of like brought a, like a lot of attention to the the because we sit here and we we talk about horror every week, but like there's a large like percentage of like the population that doesn't watch horror on a regular basis, right? And like or like they either think they're too good or they're like that's oh just trash like you know cinema. And I think this movie had a lot of that like revival in the late you know 2010s, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I I think that this movie is a. It might be a little too long, like you said, Ken. I think it, like if it would have gone closer to an hour thirty, uh, it would have probably been easier to digest. I think even an hour forty-five would have been good. Like, because I mean, there's definitely a lot of to set the tone and the mood, and like I understand all that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but I think like. An hour 45 probably would have been a sweet spot for it. Because there's definitely enough that you could have cut out, like, little bits and pieces. Yeah. I mean, I think of things of, like, the, uh, like, the, uh, all the the heavy metal, like, anime-style vi- visions of Mandy or, like, very, like... But, like, I think that's, like... But I par- think those were necessary because those are kind of cool. No, but what I'm so. saying, I, they're, I love them. They're dope. I think that, like... That probably probably led to a lot of the like, oh, is this being pretentious kind of things that you're talking about? Like, it's a very like, this is a very artsy horror movie. I mean, it reminds me of things like Black Swan, like Black Swan kind of things, yeah. where it's just like, yeah. where it's, it's not, it's not a film that's like, all about the adventure from a point A to point B. It's about like the scenery on that adventure. It's about the, like, uh, adventure. I think I said adventure, but <laughs> it's it's about everything else. It's about not getting to your destination. It's about the ride. It's about the journey, right? It's it's about everything that, and because, like I said, it's not a complicated film. It's a pretty simple, like, plot. It's a pretty, and yeah. So it's, I think this movie's wild. I think it, it like, 
I understand. Like I said, the first time I watched it, I think I fell asleep a little bit too. So it's, yeah, I. It's a weird movie. I, the the fucking chainsaw fight. Any f movie with a chainsaw fight gets. As I don't know if you saw the trailers to the new uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood Honey movie that's coming out. The sequel where. I didn't watch the trailers for it. I, I watched a video about the trailer and uh, from the YouTube channel 3C Films. I like that kid a lot. He's like he's like in his late 20s, but I call him a kid because I'm 40. I'm an old man. But um, he did a video about it. And oh, my lord. Winnie the Pooh is running around with a flaming chainsaw in it. A flaming chainsaw. A flaming chainsaw kid. That seems right. I, I, I had to say... That movie kind of looks do interesting. Think, do you think Blumhouse is gonna pull? Uh, sorry, Blumhouse is gonna pull uh, the Mickey Mouse horror first. Do you think that they're gonna snag it first? I don't know, cause the dude, it, it's like the same people that made the Blood and Honey movie, right? And did you know their whole like doing a whole cinematic like universe that that supposedly when you watch the credit scene of this Winnie the Pooh movie, it's like gonna set up like who's in it, and there's like the whole like Peter Pan horror movie and like the Bambi horror movie. <laughs> That's amazing. I guess I should watch the first one. I heard it's terrible. Yeah. And then well, the only reason that they got the second one was because so many people just wanted well, to see how terrible the first one was. So the first one had a $50,000 budget, and it looks like garbage. You just watch the trailers and shit. The movie doesn't look good. They, like, had a million-dollar budget or something like that for the second one, and it looks significantly better, like, the special effects and stuff like that. And I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going... 20 times the budget, right? Like 50,000 to a yeah. million. It like the, the, looks like the practical effects are way better. So, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. It's, horror doesn't need a much. Like we talked, like you said, this Mandy is $5 million and you go, or $6 million or whatever. And it's like, oh, you can see it because it's not like, it's not a huge scale movie. Also, I felt like, was I the only one rewatching this going, the the ending of this movie reminded me of Midsummer. Like, and this movie came out years before Midsummer, but like the burning of the, uh, the yeah they they brought that up in in the Discord. They yeah. were like, this is very reminiscent of Midsummer, and I was like, yeah, but like you know that one's a lot smaller than the what, and it was like, oh well, you know, actually you're right. <laughs> I that whole ending is very weird where it's just like he's like goes in and like fights people it's like almost a video game where like you have to fight the bosses one at a time but yeah mm -hmm. um i want two things about this film one i understand it being a little odd and not like everyone enjoying it um two two i appreciate it because nicholas cage is like what the cool movies he's been doing the last you know six years or so i feel like have a lot to do with this movie um I, he's still got a lot of wild movies I haven't watched, like the Samurai movie he did, or what the fuck that was called. The Outland. I don't even know what that was called. It was on Shudder. I, I don't have Shudder anymore, but that and like things like Pig. I still need to watch Pig. I don't, have you watched Pig? So Pig... I have not. Sorry, yeah. I have not watched Pig. It's one of those movies that I'm like supposed to be really good. So like He's done a lot of cool movies the last few years, and I think... This... Uh, Dream Scenario was great. It was so good. Yeah. 
I need to watch that one also. I, I don't watch enough crazy Nicolas Cage movies, and I uh, need to watch more of them. But, yeah, like, do you remember, yeah. like, before Mandy came out, like, he was just getting, like, he was on, like, they would make YouTube lists of his, how shitty his movies were. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I also remember being in the Bahamas uh, right around the time that, like, I want to say around the time that, the, like, the IRS and the government got onto him for everything, and he owned a house on um in nassau i think it was in nassau on the way to um the uh atlantis place and the guy that was driving the boat would be like pointing out people's famous you know famous people's homes and he would get to that one he'd go like and that house is none other than nicholas cage <laughs> and like every like constantly and that house back there owned by none other than nicholas cage <laughs> dude I will say, man, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which was, I I think it came out in 2022, whenever it came out. That movie is literally... I need to watch that. That movie is one of my favorite movies ever. That's, like, how good that movie is. It's so fucking good. And Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, and it's just so good. It's just... I love that movie with all my heart. That movie is wonderful. So, just for that, the, the Mandy, I think, has something to do with, so... Yeah, I, I think Nicolas Cage is a fucking treasure. I, someone was shitting all over him somewhere, and it might have been... I don't think it was... I don't think it was your chat. It might have been... I don't know where it was, but I'm like, you guys need to put some respect on Nicolas Cage's name, because... I don't think it was in my chat, because people wouldn't talk shit about Sir Nicolas Cage in my chat. People in your chat talk about shoving raccoons up my ass, uh, Ken. Okay, but you're not Sir Nicolas Cage, okay? Like, you can have... You can enjoy a good old... <laughs> raccoon in the asshole once in a while all right it's acceptable they want to spread your anal cavity i don't know what to tell you i really don't think of it as creating pockets you can have a pocket dimension in your anus i i'm completely about about people putting things in my butt consensually i don't want raccoons in my ass that's all the, the fair that's fair. But uh, would you like a koala? They do have that weird form of koala no. syphilis or whatever. No, exactly. And I and they smell bad and they they're drop bears. They would drop directly into Wait, my asshole. What about a sloth? Like what if you shoved the sloth in all the way like butt first into your ass so then no. it's like little claws I, and its face could just poke if, Okay. Out? If a sloth wanted to like grab my butt with his weird sloth hands and like like slowly sloth like my butthole Maybe I, I would care less than every other scenario we've gone over, but I don't want a sloth tongue in my asshole in a normal case. What about a bird? No, birds are evil. Okay. There's a bird upstairs. There's a reason why I didn't even try to get a bird when the divorce started. Don't want the bird. Don't want a bird ever again. I mean, a cock or two. I mean, a cockatoo. A cock or two. <laughs> I was trying to be funny, and then I just, I think I stumbled all over Cockertooth. You did really. You stumbled all over uh, that cock, but uh, you did a good job with it. Uh, I, it very proud. I'm very proud, too. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, what's your final verdict on Mandy? Uh, 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 I'll give it another shot. Okay. If you're really into art-style movies, if you like good music, from what I've gathered, again, I definitely was zoned out for that. Um if you like art movies, if you like, um, you know, really dark and like 
some pretty in-depth shit without being too heavy yeah give it a shot maybe be really high except i did read some reviews online that said that they watched the movie high and it killed their buzz very quickly so maybe don't but i that's yeah it seems like a risky game where you're just like because you ever hear about people being like on drugs or drunk or whatever and something like fucking pulls them out of the experience that mm-hmm. seems like this movie could do that real well because it's wild um yeah, I think this movie is not for everyone. I think that artistically it's fucking gorgeous. I think that if you know what's happening or going to happen, it's easier to handle. I think it was way easier for me to watch this time. So, yeah, it had been six years or whatever since I watched it last. So, um, Do you have any uh, uh, things you wanted to watch next week? Because I had an idea, but... Um, I'm ready. Hit me with it. Uh, so I was thinking about Lake Mungo because that's one of those movies that I, I keep seeing. I, I've seen it and I really enjoyed it. But do you know anything about Lake Mungo? I do not. Can you spell Mungo? M-U-N-G-O. Okay. It's an Australian found footage movie about this, like, this girl drowns in this lake in Lake Mungo. Mm-hmm. And then they proceed to, like, it's a, a mockumentary about it. And then it's wild, and I, I am interested in how uh, you like it. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, next week, Lake Mungo. Okay, Ken is falling asleep. Yeah. I'm sleepy. I am. We're tired, and I got to edit this tomorrow, so we'll deal with that later. So, okay, murdermoose.com, go there, buy merch, do all those things. Uh, check out our YouTube, subscribe there so we get to 100 subscribers. Uh, do all that shit. Uh, we have, yeah, our Murder Boost Pod, uh, Twitter, do all that shit. And, uh, yeah, so go to continue.com, get all her shit. Go to Rod underscore Johnson everywhere else, and you'll find me, and you're good. So let's wrap it up. Next week is Lake Mungo. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, whatever, and we'll catch you guys later.